Last minute escapes. In the sun? What is the best airline? Or the worst airline? What happens if my flight is delayed? Or cancelled? Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm. Benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. The Eurovision Song Contest. Yes, it might not be for everyone, but it is the world's biggest entertainment event. Last year, over 160 million people watched on TV, while thousands of fans flocked to Italy and the city of Turin, the Italians hosting the contest after their win the previous year. Now, sorry, I should say, producer Rob here, hello, and it'll be me taking you through today's investigation. Grace is still enjoying some much-deserved time off, and me, well, this investigation is pretty close to my heart. I am a huge Eurovision fan. I mentioned last year's show in Italy. I was there. And you might remember, the UK did pretty well too. Les 12 points du jury professionnel belge sont attribués au Royaume-Uni! I understand what he's saying! Royaume-Uni! We came second with our entry, Sam Ryder, arguably the nicest man in pop music. The winners, though. They were, of course, Ukraine. With war still raging in their country, they won the most points, and with it, the famous glass microphone trophy. So we have a winner! The winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 is... Ukraine! Now, usually, the winning country hosts the contest the following year, but with the Russian invasion still ongoing... The UK is stepping in to do the honours instead. And this is how we come to today's investigation. Next month, Liverpool will welcome thousands of fans from across Europe and beyond for the event. But many people, fans just like me, have faced plenty of difficulties just trying to find somewhere to stay. From eye-watering prices to seemingly unfair cancellations, anyone wanting to cheer on their favourite country hasn't exactly had it easy. I'm Rob Lilly, and this week's Witch Investigates asks, is it nil point for Eurovision accommodation? You know the drill by now. Witch Investigates is a podcast from us here at Witch, the UK's consumer champion. So, with all that in mind, we've been keeping a close eye on the situation in Liverpool. Now for context, the last contest before the COVID-19 pandemic held in the Israeli city of Tel Aviv saw 10,000 visitors for Eurovision. But the city isn't the easiest to reach from many parts of Europe. So let's look at the year before. In 2018, the Portuguese capital Lisbon welcomed over 100,000 fans during Eurovision week itself. Sorry, I should clarify. Eurovision, it's not just that one Saturday night. There are two semi-finals that take place in the week too. But fear not, the UK are always guaranteed a spot in the final. But with those figures from Lisbon in mind, it's no surprise that Liverpool is expecting its population to swell next month. Now let's start with a friend of mine. You're about to hear from Callum, 
Now, he's a really good mate, and we're actually going to Eurovision together with a group of our other friends. Once we found out Liverpool was hosting Eurovision this year, we immediately started looking for places to stay. But for one reason or another, we didn't get around to booking anything. But when we did, this is what happened. We treated the tickets like a military operation and the accommodation, which we thought we'd sorted out really initially a day after we'd got some tickets to one of the Eurovision shows. So we'd booked somewhere for the first few days in the city centre from the Sunday until the Friday. Um, We decided not to stay in that same place from the Friday until the Sunday because the price for that one did go up quite a bit as well. So we then started looking around. We were all on Airbnb and Booking.com and all of these websites. And then about three of us found this one place about a 20 minute train ride out of the city centre just next to Sefton Park. And it was, what, £200 a night? It was all right. It wasn't dirty or or horrible or anything. It was going to do the job for us. We put the request in, we book it, thumbs up. We're laid back after that because we're thinking, we've got our tickets, we've got our accommodation for the full full week, nothing left to sort. We can just focus on getting excited uh, for the full week. And then uh, it was was the next day I got an email off the Airbnb host saying, I'm really sorry, we can no longer honour this uh, price. We need to reorganise our pricing for these dates. Uh, come back tomorrow for the for the actual price. So we thought, okay, you know, we, we can understand. They said it was a new listing and that sort of thing. So we thought, well, we'll we'll just check back tomorrow. It's not going to go up that much. It might go up by a hundred pound, maybe two hundred pound at a push. And then I check the next day and send a. I remember sent a screenshot to you and the other guys. And you just didn't believe what it said. You thought, surely a decimal point is in the wrong place there. Uh, because it said, instead of £200, it said £41,000 per night. Now, I should say that this booking was one that we still made a few months before the contest. So you wouldn't expect those eye-watering prices. For this podcast, we did get in touch with Airbnb. And we'll hear what they told us shortly. But after our experience, I put a call out on my personal social media, asking for others who had also struggled to find somewhere to stay to get in touch. Now, it's safe to say I was inundated with replies, including from fans looking to visit from other parts of Europe. Hi, my name is Maika and I'm a Eurovision fan from the Netherlands. We mostly focus on Airbnbs because that's what they did last year. So we just went through the whole page we looked everywhere we liked we sent each other like millions of airbnbs and then we found a place that looked good it was not too expensive because we're broke students so (laughs) we found a place that was not too expensive and we were like okay we can make this work we still gave uh, gave ourselves some time to think about it because we weren't entirely sure we were actually going to do it and then we decided okay we still both want to do it and then we wanted to book the place we found but obviously it was already booked then i turned on um notifications for airbnb so whenever there was a place in liverpool i would get an email so i could check it so that was um our plan b (laughs) well then we had like many uh things booked and then cancelled again uh or like i would be quick booking it because i got an email and then they would email me back or like I'd, i'd get a comment being like oh yeah we can't actually host you for this date or they would not accept us and then we would find the same advertisement back for like a thousand euros more each night and then we finally had something booked and it was all confirmed and then 
I told her we were going to come for Eurovision just to make sure that they knew it was for Eurovision and they wouldn't cancel. Well, we've had twice that we would tell them, yeah, we're coming for Eurovision. And then they would be like, oh, that's Eurovision week. We can't actually host you that week. And then they would cancel it. Um, so I think we've had that with like four or five bookings before we actually landed one that has not cancelled yet. So um, yeah, that was a ride. So Micah and Callum and me, thankfully, both have somewhere to stay. We can all look forward to the contest in just a few weeks' time. But that isn't the case for everyone. Now, here's Claire Webb. She's one of my colleagues here at Witch, and she's been across this story for a while. Now, I asked her for a catch-up in the Witch office to find out more about what she's discovered. So we found that the price of self-catered accommodation uh, has rocketed by 640%. Uh, so what we did was we we looked at the average price of all the available holiday lets for the 13th of May, which is the day of the final. Um, so all the property that's available on Airbnb and rival platform Verbo, which we can get both do self-catered accommodation. And we did this by using data from an analyst Air DNA. And what we found is that the average price of a one-bedroom property uh, is £875 per night. A two-bedroom property, you can expect to pay £1,000 a night. Uh, and that doesn't include service uh, and cleaning fees, so you'd be paying extra for that as well. Um, basically, nightly rates on average were six times higher than the same weekend in May last year. Uh, I also just had a quick look at hotel prices. On booking.com, it says that 94% of places have gone. Uh, and for a three and four star hotel, the cheapest that I could find, you'd be paying £520 a night. Again, these prices are huge. I also thought, though, it would be remiss of me not to speak to someone actually in Liverpool. Christopher McGrath is, for this year only, the Eurovision reporter at the Liverpool Echo. He's been covering the build-up to this year's event ever since the city won the right to host back in October 2022. As well as chatting to this year's artists and organisers, he too has been looking into the difficulties fans have been experiencing trying to find somewhere to stay. So I asked him when he first became aware that there were problems. Whenever the announcement was first made back in October that it would be housed in Liverpool, we kind of had stories going out immediately that hotel prices around the city just skyrocketed. We had a kind of idea beforehand. We did a little bit of research to say it was around 300, 400 per night before the announcement was made. And within an hour or two, they were up to about seven, eight, nine hundred pounds and even a thousand pounds. And that was just on the night off. And we've seen since then, like the wave of demand come and go with the initial announcement and then when the tickets are being, when the tickets went on sale, and then again, whenever people weren't getting their tickets, people reselling their accommodation, every time there's kind of like a big surge in demand, the Liverpool hotels and accommodation providers sadly really jump on that and really increase off their prices to an extortionate amount, really. So let's compare this year to previous years. Now, recent research found that last year's event in Turin and the 2021 event in the Dutch city of Rotterdam saw a general increase of between £200 and £250 for the weekend of the grand final, meaning the prices sat at around £600 for a two-night stay. 
The average this year in Liverpool, though, that's a different picture. In 2022, the average stay was around £300-£400 a night. And even if you just look into that compared to this year, if you went to stay in Turin for the same contest period as of last year, the prices are still only £200-£300. Whenever they held the contest, it surged to about 500 600 with the most extreme cases being £700, which is expected. We can expect this every contest year because, you know, naturally the demand is there. But there's new data reveals that the average stay for a Liverpool accommodate for a Liverpool hotel accommodation, the fact that it's hotel is kind of important. Just for the grand final night is £2,200, which is just extremely crazy and i think airbnb is over a thousand pounds as well and this is just for saturday the 13th this isn't for the entire two-week period this isn't even for one of the semi-finals nights this is just one night over two thousand pounds and it's just it's not only unrealistic but it's locking so many fans and just people who want to come visit liverpool for the experience who may not even be going to the contest they just don't have the opportunity anymore Last month, Liverpool City Council partnered with Airbnb, calling on residents in the city to put fans up in their spare rooms in an attempt to help alleviate the problem. Speaking at the time, Councillor Harry Doyle said that hosting Eurovision on behalf of Ukraine is a real honour, and this is a great initiative that will not only give our residents an opportunity to share any spare space and benefit financially, but to provide the warm welcome that we're renowned for. Now, after hearing the stories of those like Callum and Micah, we also reached out to Airbnb ourselves. They told us that while host cancellations are rare, we recognise the impact they can have on guest plans, which is why we have fees and penalties in place to prevent this. According to Airbnb, they say that their data shows the average price per person of a booked stay during Eurovision is just £66. Now, I should say, however, that it isn't clear whether that price is for accommodation in Liverpool itself or indeed perhaps the surrounding areas. Claire from Witch has also found that the price that people are actually paying has proved that many aren't being persuaded to book with these elevated prices. So we could look at the price of what was available and we could also look at the price that people had paid. And what we found was what people had paid was a lot, lot lower. So it was still higher than they would have paid this time last year but it was considerably lower, more in the region of, you know, two or three hundred pounds. So actually people aren't paying these crazy prices. Now we've also heard from many people who face similar challenges when booking via Booking.com too. Now Booking.com are an official partner of Eurovision itself. We asked them for a comment, but at the time of recording, they haven't got back to us. Now price gouging, the idea of raising prices to meet demand, is nothing new, as Claire explains. Unfortunately, this is quite a common situation when you have these big events. Um, and we recently had somebody get in touch with us who had booked accommodation for the Rugby World Cup, which, uh, which is being held in France in September. Now, this person had booked their accommodation last September, so a whole year in advance. Uh, they'd paid you know, just over £400 for a three-night stay. Uh, and then in, in January of this year, the owner of the property got in touch with them and asked this person for their their booking.com pin number, uh, which is something that customers should never hand over. It's supposed to be confidential. Um, But unfortunately, this person was tricked into handing it over, which he did. And then the owner cancelled their booking, um, pretending to be the customer. Um, 
And so this person had their, their booking cancelled. And the next day they saw the property back on the website, now, you know, available again for 10 times the price they had paid. So it was over £4,000 for a three-night stay. So we got in touch with Booking.com on their behalf. Um, now, this was a breach of their policy. So what, you know, the, the owner shouldn't have asked for their PIN. You know, that's against the Booking.com's policy. Um, so what they did was they removed the listings. This property is no longer on Booking.com. Um, and Booking.com called us that customers should get in touch if, if anything like this happens and never hand over your, your PIN number. Unfortunately, though, the, the person, you know, they've had to rebook their accommodation. They've managed to find reasonably priced accommodation, but it's not in the city centre as they had before. You know, they've had to go a bit out of town. So what can you do if you find yourself in the same situation as some of those we've heard from today? You've perhaps had a booking that was then cancelled, or maybe you've been quoted a higher price than originally advertised. Well, Lisa Webb, no relation to Claire, also happens to work here at Witch. Now, she's a consumer law expert, so I caught up with her in the office to find out more about our rights, as well as asking if there was anything we could do in response to the current situation. So there can be, but it is likely to depend on things like the terms and conditions, so the cancellation policy that you signed up to when you booked your accommodation, but also where you're buying from. So say, for example, you're getting accommodation through a platform like Airbnb or Booking.com. Those platforms do tend to frown upon accommodation providers trying to shaft consumers by cancelling on them. Uh, It's something that we refer to as price gouging, where they cancel and then put something back on for much more money. Now, that is something that a lot of the platforms don't like and they will impose penalties or they'll have types of fees or uh, cancellation charges that are encouraged or there to dissuade the platforms from doing it in the first place. So it's not necessarily illegal or unlawful for these uh, accommodation providers to do this, to cancel on you and to put the price up. But there are ways around it, for example, if you're on the platforms or if the terms and conditions don't allow it in the first place. So you are going to have to read your terms and conditions really carefully to work out whether or not you might have a claim against a provider. I should say, it isn't all bad news, though. While receiving plenty of messages from fellow Eurovision fans who had had a less-than-ideal experience when trying to find somewhere to stay, there were a few who were impressed with the customer service of some firms. Now, speaking of Booking.com, Josh Patterson booked his accommodation through the site shortly after Liverpool were confirmed as hosting the contest. Like others, he later saw his original booking cancelled, with little time to find an alternative. But here's Josh with the rest of the story. I've kind of spent maybe four or five hours now over various calls with Booking.com to to, to try to get this sorted. So obviously, in the first instance called the hotel they told me to get in touch with booking.com booking.com then say it's the hotel situation and they're you know they have to get a a clearance that they can't provide any other accommodation for us to stay in (laughs) quite an anxious weekend really um but monday we had quite a turn for the books i called uh booking.com and i i had a really helpful person helping me at booking.com now the availability for a twin room over the finale weekend now we were only seeing two properties that were under £1,000 for for two nights stay Friday and Saturday one of them was the Ibis Styles on Dale Street which is still in the Cavern Quarter only sort of less than 
0.1 of a kilometer away is probably the next street down I expect from where our original our original accommodation was anyway um long and short of it booking.com actually came up trumps they they were they've relocated us in a twin room at the ibis styles on dale street i was instantly transferred credit to my booking.com account in my wallet i've already withdrawn that the only downside was that i've had to pay for the accommodation now up front for the you know the the original price of what i was paying on the day at the hotel but actually do you know what you know we're we're actually in a, a city center location after being told that we had nowhere to stay and I'm happy to, to pay the money up front. Booking.com have upheld their end of the bargain and transferred me the, um, the you know, the additional costs um, and put that into my wallet. So yeah, all in all, it's been an unusual couple of days. It's great news that Booking.com agreed to pay the difference to book the new accommodation. And like Callum and Micah, who we've already heard from today, and me, of course, we can all look forward to our trip to Liverpool next month. Unfortunately, though, not everyone has been so lucky. So, for those of you listening to this who maybe are looking to head to Liverpool for Eurovision this year, perhaps you're yet to book and don't fancy paying those inflated prices, well, any advice from our experts? So, we looked at a few places near Liverpool where they're kind of an easy train ride away, where you can still get you know, accommodation that's not going to cost you the earth. So, for example, um, you could stay in Chester, um, nearby city. It's a 40-minute 40, 40 train ride from Liverpool. Trains go every 15 minutes. Uh, it'll only cost you £8.75 on the train. And you can get accommodation there. A one-bedroom is £151 a night. So that's over £700 less than the current prices of a one-bedroom places in Liverpool. Equally, down the coast, you've got Southport. Um, prices there, a one-bedroom property would cost you £162 per night on average uh, and that's a 45 minute train ride from Liverpool and you know a short walk from the from the train station to the arena Liverpool arena where it's being held um, and then the, the, the other place that we looked at is just across the Mersey uh, West Kirby prices there were you know, they were still higher than they were last year they're still higher than you would normally pay so the, a one bedroom property in West Kirby we found the average price was £317, but that's still, you know, well over £500 less than the average price in Liverpool. You know, it's a very easy half-hour train ride to, to the city centre. And not that, you know, the train ride, the train is £6. So all of those are kind of alternative options if you haven't booked your accommodation yet um, and you can't or don't want to pay the, the prices in Liverpool. A huge thank you to Claire for running through some of those alternative options. But it still doesn't excuse the behaviour we've seen from some looking to make easy money from Eurovision fans. As always, we need to keep our wits about us. And we know price gouging is nothing new. Away from Eurovision, you might remember that during the pandemic, some regular household items saw huge spikes in pricing. Many unscrupulous sellers hoarded essential items like baby formula, hand soap, cleaning products, and massively hiked their prices on online marketplaces. We even launched our own campaign here at Witch to end the practice. To finish, a simple message from us. Be aware of pressure selling tactics. Messages such as selling fast or in demand. And don't let these tactics push you into spending more than you need to. As we've also heard today, it pays to read the terms and conditions. As boring as they might be, they could save you both money and the inconvenience, whether that be having to rebook, pay more, and stay further afield. And hopefully lessons will be learned in future years too. 
This year sees the 67th edition of the Eurovision Song Contest. It's more popular than ever, and fans deserve the chance to cheer their country on without fear of being ripped off. For now, though, I better start packing my Union Jack. Thank you for listening to this episode of Witch Investigates. You can drop us a line on social at WitchUK to let us know if you enjoyed today's podcast. Perhaps something you've heard today resonated with you. Maybe you've had a similar experience yourself. And also don't forget to leave us a rating and a review so that we can reach more people. Do also check out our other podcasts. They include the Witch Money podcast and Witch Shorts. Today's episode was presented, written, edited and produced by me, Rob Lilly. Original music is by Eric Briar, and our executive producer is Angus Farker. A special thanks this week to my colleagues Claire Webb, Lisa Webb and everyone else here at Witch. And we'll see you again in two weeks for our next investigation as we ask why we're paying so much at the petrol pumps. Thanks for listening.